we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Insight is not brought about through will, through desire, through memory. It is immediate perception and therefore action. Hello and welcome to episode 172 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives representing Krishnamurti's different approaches to many of the fundamental issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Insight. Upcoming themes are Discipline, Spirituality and Pain. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK, which is also home to the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre. Situated in the beautiful countryside of the South Downs National Park, the Krishnamurti Centre offers individual and group retreats for those wishing to inquire into themselves in light of Krishnamurti's teachings. Please visit krishnamurticentre.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on Insight has two sections. This first extract is from the first question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1981, titled, What is Insight? What do you mean by insight? Does it differ from Intuition. What do we mean by intuition? Having a hunch, having a feeling that's the right thing, and intuition also having been sensitive, capturing something which may be conditioned, which may be personal, which may be a desire, wish, fulfilment, and we must be clear and hesitant in using that word intuition, because it may be one's own unconscious desire one's own longing for something to happen, or sudden feeling that is the right thing to do. But I think 
insight is different. May we go into it together. The scientists, the physicists, the technological people have an insight into some invention. They see something new. Is that insight partial or is an insight whole? You understand? We are meeting, I hope, together. I may have an insight as I am an engineer into the structure of a bridge. And I operate according to that insight. That insight is being more powerful. I adjust all my knowledge to conform or adjust to that knowledge, right? To that insight. But is that insight partial? A poet, a painter, a musician may have an insight, but it is still partial. When we use the word insight, we mean insight into the whole movement of life, not one part of it. Right? So let us together find out what we mean by insight. How does it take place? If you are interested in it. Because that may be the solution for our problems. Especially psychological issues that we that that are such tremendous travail in all our lives. So together let's find out what we mean by insight. Is I'm questioning it, so please question it also. Is insight an action of memory? Uh, one has accumulated a great deal of knowledge, psychologically or physically, and that knowledge may be limited. See something very clearly. But that knowledge being always in the field of ignorance, because there is no complete knowledge about anything, including oneself, and when there is an insight from that limited knowledge, that insight must also be limited. So, 
insight we mean by that word, it is not the outcome of knowledge. Knowledge being, you can examine, say for example, all the comparative religions, the various sects, the various uh, rituals and so on. You can examine them, study them, and come to a conclusion. Whereas, that conclusion may be rational, sane, logical, but it is based on the activity of thought, and therefore it's limited. And that conclusion naturally must be limited. That's clear. Whereas if your insight has nothing whatever to do with knowledge, it has nothing to do with remembrance, but you have an insight saying to all the comparative religions, with all their rituals, um, sanctions, dogmas, beliefs, and so on, if you have an insight into all that, you see they are all similar. Right? They are all based on thought. And therefore, all religions are limited. There is a immediate perception of it, not logical conclusion and action, but the total perception of all the religious activities in the world, having an insight implies you see that they are essentially limited because they are put together, invented by thought. Similarly, to have an insight into one's relationship, which is much more difficult. Relationship, as it is now, based on images, hopes, pleasures, fears, and so on, essentially based on the images that thought during a period of time, maybe a day or ten years, has built it. To have an insight into that, that is, relationship is based on images, to have an insight into that is to dispel the images. I hope you are following some of this. Suppose I am married or have a girlfriend. My relationship actually is based on my particular like and dislike my particular attraction, sexual or otherwise, 
the environmental influences, the biological demands, and I establish a relationship with, with another person based on that, obviously. And is it possible to have an insight into the whole movement of relationship, not come to a conclusion that I have images, I must break them, how to break them, and so on, so on, so on, but to have an insight into it, which means to see basically what it is, fundamentally what it is. And if one has that deep insight, the action which comes out of, the, out of that insight is much more logical, much more sane, and has a quality of something original, love. I hope you are following all this, right? That is, to take a very simple example, all nationalism is glorified tribalism, right? All nationalities, all national, whether it's American, Russian, all the rest of it, is Tri glorified tribalism, right? Moment you have an see that, that is a very limited, narrow feeling which divides man to have an, to have an insight into that is to be free from all the tribalism, right? I, I, are you following all this? Or, if you have an insight into the question of obedience, and following, whether it's the obedience to a guru, to a priest, to a law, and so on, to have a deep insight into this quality of following and obedience Will you obey, follow anybody? Naturally, you will obey laws, whether good or bad, that's we're not discussing how far you can go, how far you cannot go, that's not a problem for the moment. But the whole concept of following and obeying, Obey a doctor, obey a surgeon, and if I'm not too neurotic and the policeman isn't too brutal, I obey. 
but the whole psychological desire in which lies the security of following. If I follow somebody, I feel safe. Whether it is a psychiatrist or a priest or my wife or husband, whatever it is, I've, one feels safe. Right? Now, if you have an insight into that, that is, this a mind, a brain that's conditioned to follow, that's the feeling of following and the urge to follow completely drops away. Instantly. So, insight has, is not brought about through will, through desire, through memory. It is immediate perception and therefore action. When we talk about perception, is it possible to observe without the word? Please try, do it as we are talking and we'll see. <coughs> is it possible to observe a tree, a person, the speaker? To observe without the word, the word <coughs> indicating all the memories, the reputation, the remembrances, without the word implying all that, knowing the word is not the thing. Can you observe without the word? Right? And when you observe, is the observer different from the observed? Goes like one observes that tree. There the observer, I hope, is different from the tree. Right? The observer is not the tree. There would be rather a neurotic say, I am the tree. But to observe the tree without the calling it the tree, without the name, the name and all the things associated with that name is the tradition, the memory, the past, which says that's the tree. To look at it without all that in operation. Right? Please do it as we are talking about it. And can one observe oneself Without the word, without all the associations connected with that word, 
to look at it. And when you do observe in such manner, is the observer different from the observed? Wait, I'll show it to you. I am. The feeling of anger arises in me. Is that anger different from me? Or I am anger. But what thought has done is, a moment later, one says, I have been angry, which means I, ha- I am separate from that anger. Are you following all this? Whereas the actual fact is when there is anger, there is only anger, that feeling. There is no observer different from the observed. That division arises only after. Out of that division comes all our conflict. Right? So is it possible to observe without the world, without all the memories associated with that world? Then only the observer is the observed and eliminates altogether the division which brings about conflict. To have an insight into that is to end the division. The second and final extract in this episode is from the second talk in Sanan, 1972, titled constant insight without conclusion. First of all, do you know what it means to have an insight? Do you know what takes place when you have an insight into something? Right? Say, for instance, you have an insight into seeing, insight into the whole religious organization. Let's take that for an example. An insight. See what is implied in it, how corrupt it is, how false it is. Now, that insight you can only have when the mind is not condition is not attached to any particular form of belief. Right? Now, having an insight into the religious structure, then you draw a conclusion from that. Right? When you draw a conclusion, you are terminating that insight. Right? 
you put an end to that insight, when you draw a conclusion which you perceive through the insight. Is that clear? Now, look, I must make this very clear so that you understand it. I see very clearly, belonging to any political party, which must be nationalistic, run by people who are utterly corrupt, people who are working for themselves in the name of the party, wanting power, position and all the rest of it. I have an insight into that, not through book knowledge, not through reading, but actually seeing. From that perception I draw a conclusion, right? I say, all politicians, all politics are dreadful. Now, when I have drawn a conclusion, I have terminated that insight. You follow? So, I act from that conclusion, not from the insight. Right? So, my action from a conclusion is mechanical. You follow this? And being mechanical, then I say, how terrible to live mechanically, eh? I want to escape. I join a community, I become whatever I do, escaping from the mechanical process of living, which is the result of a conclusion which came when I had an insight into something. You get it? You see the sequence of it? So, when I act on a conclusion, my action must be continuously mechanical. Though at the beginning I may have had an insight into it. Right? Now, if one doesn't draw a conclusion at all, but only insight, then action is non-mechanical. Therefore, that action is always creative, it is always new, it is always living. So, a mind that is, that has insight and doesn't draw a conclusion and therefore acts, is, is in the movement of continuous insight, constant insight. Have you got this? Have you understood this? No, don't. I mean, understand not verbally, but actually, in your, you see the truth of this. As you see the truth of a precipice. Now, this constant insight, without a formula, without a 
a conclusion which puts an end to that insight is creative action. Have you got it? Please look at it, go into it yourself. It's really astonishingly beautiful and interesting how the mind, which is thought, is absent when you have an insight. You follow? Thought cannot have an insight. It is only when the mind is not mechanically operating in the structure of thought, then you have an insight. Right? Having an insight, thought draws a conclusion from that insight. And then thought acts, and thought is mechanical, right? Oh Lord, are we following each other? So I have to find out whether the insight into myself Myself being the world, and the world is me, and I am the world, hmm? having an insight into myself, which means into the world, and not drawing a conclusion from it. And if I draw a conclusion, I act on an idea, on an image, on a symbol which is the structure of thought. And so I am constantly preventing myself from having insight, preventing from understanding things as they are. So I have to go into this whole question of why thought interferes and draws a conclusion when there is a perception. You have understood my question? I perceive something to be true. I perceive that to control oneself, listen to this carefully, To control oneself brings about a division in myself, right? The controller and the control, and therefore conflict. And I have have an insight in that. That is the truth. But my whole thinking process is conditioned on the idea of that I must control Edu- my education, 
my religion, the society in which I live, the family structure, everything says to me, control, which is the conclusion which has been handed to me, which is the conclusion which I have also acquired, and I act according to that conclusion, which is mechanical, and therefore I live in constant strife. Right? Now I have an insight into this whole problem of control. So I have an insight which came into being when the mind was free to observe, unconditioned, but this whole structure of conditioning still remains. You are following all this? Hmm? So there is now a mind that says, by Joe, I have seen this thing very clearly, but I have also caught in the habit of control. So there is a bet. You are following? The one is mechanical, the other is non-mechanical. Right? Now why does thought cling to the whole structure of control? You are following? Because thought has brought about this idea of control. Right? You, you see this? No? Do you want, have, what does it mean to control? First, it implies suppression, right? Division in oneself, which is one part, one segment of me says, I must control the other segments. That division is created by thought. No? Are you clear? The division is created by thought. Thought says, I must control myself because otherwise I will not adapt myself to the environment, what people say, and so on, so on, so on. Therefore I must control. So thought, being the response of memory, and memory is the past, memory is the experience, the knowledge, which are all mechanical, has such immense power. Hmm? So there is constant battle between perception, insight and the conditioning. Now what is the mind to do? You understand, this is our problem. You see something new, but the old is still there. 
the old habits, the whole ideas, the beliefs, this, you know, all that is tremendously weighty. Now, how is the mind to, to sustain the con- uh, an insight without a conclusion at all times? Because if I have a conclusion, it's mechanical. The conclusion is the result of thought, is the result of memory, right? From memory there is a reaction as thought. Then it becomes mechanical, then it becomes old. Now, just see, now you experiment with this, with me, please. You understand the question? There is inside, seeing something new, seeing something totally new, clear, beautiful. And there is this past, with all the memory, experience, knowledge, and from that the thought that is cautious, watching, afraid, hmm? how to bring the new into the old. When you see this question, when you see this problem clearly, what takes place? Have you understood my question? We are the result of the past, though the younger generation may try to break away from the past and think they are free to create a new world, they are not free from the past, they are creating, they are rather, they are reacting to the past and therefore continuing with the past. I don't know if you follow this. right? It is not a break with the past, but a modified continuity of the past. I see this. I see what thought has done, and also I see very clearly, there is clear perception that insight exists only when there is absence of thought. Right? Now, how do you solve this problem? I do not know if you have thought about it, and perhaps you are thinking about it for the first time, looking at it for the first time, and how do you respond to this? How does the mind respond to this? Let me put the question differently. Mind must have knowledge. I must know where I live. 
must know the language it speaks. It must exercise thought, thought which is the response of memory, experience, knowledge, which is the past. It must operate, otherwise there would be no communication between you and me, I couldn't know where I live and all the rest of the absurdities begin. If I'm not capable of thinking clearly. So I see knowledge is necessary to function in the mechanical world. Right? Going from here to the place I live is mechanical. Speaking a language is mechanical. Acting from knowledge is mechanical. Acting from a, all kinds of experience is mechanical. And that mechanical process, to a certain extent, must continue. That's my insight. You got it? So there is no contradiction between knowledge and the freedom of knowledge when there is an insight. You get I wonder if I'm making it clear. The insight I have, ha I have now that knowledge is necessary And the insight I have also, there is also the insight which comes when there is the absence of thought. So I have, there is perception all the time, uh, insight all the time, not a contradiction. I don't know if you see this. Then so, yeah, do half a minute. You can ask a little later the question, but see the difficulty in putting into words what I want to convey. I want to convey to you that a mind that is constantly operating upon a conclusion becomes inevitably mechanical. And being mechanical, it must escape into some kind of illusion, some kind of my, my mythology, some kind of uh, religious circus. Right? And you have an insight into that. Say, by God, that's how true that is. Now, that if you draw a conclusion from that insight, you have moved to a different place, but it's still mechanical. Yeah, I don't know if you see it. So, when you have constant 
insight without conclusion, that state of mind is creative. Hmm? Not the mind that is in conflict and through conflict produces pictures, books, you understand? Not the mind that is in conflict can never be in creative. Now, if you see that, that's an insight, isn't it? You can see now. I'll take that up. We'll see. You know, in literature, in the world of art, and so on, people say he's a great artist, he's a great creative writer, right? Now if you look behind the literature, the author, you will see that he's in conflict daily, with his wife, with his family, with society. He's ambitious, greedy, wants power, position, prestige. And he has certain talent for writing. Through tension, through conflict, he may write very good books, but he is not creative in the deep sense of the word. And we are trying to see, see if each one of us can be creative in the deep sense of that word, not in expression, that is, writing a book, poem, or whatever it is, but having insight and never drawing a conclusion from that insight. So that you are moving constantly from insight to insight, action to action. That is spontaneity. Hmm? Now, such a mind must obviously be alone, alone in the sense not being isolated. You know the difference between isolation and being alone, do you? No? Oh, good Lord, must I explain every word? I am isolated when I build a wall of resistance around myself, right? I resist. I resist to any criticism, criticism, to any new idea. I am afraid. I want to protect myself. I don't want to be hurt. And therefore, that brings about in my action a self-centered activity which is an isolating process. Is that clear? And most of us are isolating ourselves. 
I have been hurt and I don't want to be hurt. The memory of that hurt remains and therefore I resist. Or I believe in Jesus or Krishna, whatever it is, and I resist any question of doubt, anything criticizing my belief, because I have taken security in my belief. Right? That isolates. I, I, that isolation may be of thousands of people, millions of people, but it's still isolation. When I say I am a Catholic, I am isolating myself. or a communist or whatever it is, isolating myself. And aloneness is entirely different. It is not the opposite of isolation, but having – listen to this carefully – but having an insight into isolation, that insight is aloneness. I've got it. So, I do not know if you have noticed, which we'll go into much more deeply on a different occasion, mind is completely alone when it is, com- when it is in the state of dying. You would have you you know death is the final state of complete isolation. Right? You are leaving everything behind. All your works, your ideas, you are you're completely isolated through fear of that thing. Right? And that isolation is wholly different from understanding the whole nature of death. If you have an insight into that, you are alone. I wonder if you are getting… I see you are not understanding this. Leave that for the moment, we'll come back to it. So, a mind that is free has constant, has insight every minute. A mind that is free has no conclusion and therefore non mechanical. Such a mind is in action, non-mechanical action, because it sees the fact, the insight into everything each minute. Right? Therefore it is constantly moving. 
a lie. And therefore such a mind is always young, fresh, hmm? and incapable of being hurt. Whereas the mechanical mind is capable of being hurt. Thought upon which all our civilizations are based becomes mechanical. All our civilizations are mechanical. I don't know if you are following all this. And therefore corrupt. Therefore, to belong to any organization is to become corrupt or allow oneself to be corrupted. Right? Now, that is an insight, isn't it? Now, can you move from that insight to another insight and keep moving? which is living. And therefore, relationship becomes totally different thing. Right? Our relationships are based on conclusions, aren't they? Do watch this. Please, do have an insight into this and you will see how extraordinary uh, what a change takes place in your relationships, if you have really insight into this. First of all, our relationship is mechanical, which means our relationship is based on ideas, on a conclusion, on images. No? I have an image about my wife, or she has an image about me. Image in sense, knowledge, a conclusion, experience. And from that conclusion, knowledge, image, she acts. And she adds to that image, conclusion, through action, as the other does, as the man does. So, the relationship is between two conclusions. I don't know, huh? And therefore, mechanical. You may call it love, you may sleep together, but it is mechanical. Being mechanical, then you want excitement. Religious excitement, psychological excitement, 
in every form of entertainment. Right? Escape from this mechanical relationship. You divorce and try to find another woman or man who will be will have something new, but it soon becomes mechanical. Right? So our relationships are based on this mechanical process. Now, if you have an insight into this, right? See it as actually it is. The pleasure, the so-called love, the so-called antagonism, the frustrations, you've, you know, the images, conclusions that you have built about her and about yourself and she and... Now, if you have an insight into that, all that disappears, doesn't it? You no longer have an image. Which is a conclusion. I wonder if you are following all that. So your relationship is direct, not through an image. And our relationship is based on thought, on the intellect, right? Which is mechanical. And that has nothing whatsoever to do with love, obviously. I may say I love my wife, but it is not the actual fact. I love the image which I have about her when she is not attacking me or some, you know, all the rest of it. So I discover that relationship means the freedom from image conclusion, and therefore relationship means responsibility and love. You follow all this? I wonder if you... Which is not a conclusion, you understand? So, my brain is the storehouse of various knowledge, experiences and memories, hurts, images, which is thought, right? Do follow, do, do see this. And my brain, which is yours as well as mine, my brain is conditioned through time, through evolution, through growth. And its function is to, to live in complete security, Natural, otherwise it can't function. And so it builds a wall around itself. As belief, dogma, the prestige, power, all that it builds, it, it 
round itself as a means to be completely secure. I don't know if you have followed all this. Have you watched your own brain operating? Then you will find that it can function remarkably well, logically, sanely, when it is not frightened. That means when it has complete security. Right? Now, is there complete security? So, being uncertain of complete security, it, it then proceeds to, to conclude that there is security. It makes a conclusion. You are following this? So conclusions becomes its security. Right? Is this too much? Are you following all this? Look, sir, I'm frightened. I see I can only function, the brain can only function when there is really happy, enjoyable security. But there is, I can't enjoy because I'm frightened. I may lose my job, my wife this and you follow? I'm frightened. And so through fear I invest my energy in a belief, in a conclusion. That becomes my security. Therefore, that belief, that conclusion may be an illusion, a myth, a nonsense, but it's my security. I mean, the people who believe in all the business of you know, churches and all that, it is absolute myth. And yet that's my security. Right? So, I find security in a belief or in a neurotic behaviour, right? Because to behave neurotically is also a form of security. So the brain can only function freely, fully, in complete security. Right? So it must have security, whether it is real or false, illusory or non-existent. It will invent a security, right? Now, I see that there is no security in belief, in a conclusion, in any person, in any social structure, 
in any leader, in any following anybody. I see that there is no security in that. Right? So, I have security in seeing, in having insight. I wonder if you see it. There is security in insight, not in conclusion. I give it up. <laughs> have you got it? No, not from me. For yourself. Have you captured it? Have you, is it real to you? So we have this problem. This problem of a mind that of the brain, the in, the brain that can only function in complete order, in complete security, in complete certainty. Otherwise, it gets deranged, neurotic. Right. Therefore, I see that any person, myself included, who belongs to any organization, putting his faith in an organization, his faith in a leader, is in neurotic action. Right? So, where is my, where is the, what is the security? that a mind has, when it has discarded all this. You understand? It has, its security is in the insight which brings intelligence. Right? Have you got it? Security is intelligence. Right? Not in knowledge, not in experience, but in the insight of the value of knowledge, And therefore, that insight is the capacity of sustained intelligence. And in that, there is security.